our DT systems, the Rap 1400 or 1400 if you like doing it that way, but it's the Rap 1400. It's a collar that is super reliable, ready to rock, and it's super handy because you can hold it in your hand while you're shooting your shotgun during duck season. So it's a cool unit for you and your dog come hunting season so that you've got control over any situation. Anything the dog throws at you during the hunt is right there, easy and accessible. Bingo, bango, bongo. If you don't want that one, check out the H. 201820. It's the DT Systems and it's dog tested, dog tough. Our baby Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a gunner kennel when he goes to and fro. And in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints. And, and even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Slide in the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel all right our number one asked question is revolving around force fetch whether your dog drops the bumper or duck at the edge of the water or you failed a few hunt tests because the dog monkeys with the birds or won't pick up a bird let me help you help your dog bunch of different breeds bunch of different personalities start to finish teaching you how to do it links in the description Shamalama ding dong, baby. We got another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for clicking subscribe and the old five star review. We appreciate it. It's me and Kevin here tonight. We got a little Instagram QA. We got a lot of questions that rolled in through the week that I felt were poignant. And we're also going to do a little Instagram live, you know, bring you in on the fun. We're also going to talk about a little bit of our current 2020 hunting season mildly uneventful but worth chatting about we've had some we've had some good times so we'll get into that here in in a moment but first let's chat about that hey you can you just turn up your your radio in the car turn it back down because i'm about to shout throw your hands up shout shamalama ding dong otis redding google it look it up youtube animal house you new formula hitting the stores take if you haven't already, take the Yukonuba Challenge. I've definitely seen an improvement in the digestibility in the dogs. Um, man, I, I can't say enough good things about the innovations that these guys are putting into the food that fuels the athletes. So check them out. Yukonuba Sporting Dog on the old Instagrams. Quick shout out to Dr. Joe Spoo. Had an awesome phone call the other day. Man, what a, what a good dude. How's he doing? Awesome, man. Awesome. We got to have him back on our show. He was a great, great guest. Yeah, he he's so good. So uh, Dr. Joe Spoo's got his own podcast called Fueled. It's a Yukonuba podcast. Um, so check that out. But Joe's the man. We had a nice conversation. So anyways, I think he said to hi, say hi to Kevin. Probably not, but I just Probably threw it not. in there to I be nice. I appreciate it, though. Mm-hmm. Next up, Gunner Kennels. You know it. Man's best kennel. Number one kennel on the market. We, we support them. They support us. 
if you want to ride down the road feeling good about your dog in the bed of the truck or in your back seat in their gunner, man, anything can happen late at night, early in the morning, heading to the duck blind, heading anywhere, really throw them in a gunner, keep them safe. Are you going to get one? You're going to get a small for the puppy? Oh, you're throwing that out already? Big news. Big news, everybody. We, we're getting another lone duck pup. A uh, good buddy of mine, lone duck marsh crew throwback to circa 2012, 13, where we had a crew of young folk represent the brand. Jake was a founding member of that. Um, Jake dreamed of being a, a dog trainer and, and set out after his dream and, and made it happen. He's actually running at the Grand, the HRC Grand right now. He's at No Mass- way. Yeah, he's he's turned into a phenomenal, you know, know that. good dude, good dog trainer. He had a nice litter of dark yellows, and uh, I've been itching to get another pup so that we can do more videos on the old YouTubes and Instagrams with a puppy. So uh, we're getting a dark yellow female. Don't know what her name is. So maybe we'll ask your help for that. But I was asking about, do you think that you'd get a small puppy size kennel? (sighs) Probably not. Just saying. (laughs) I mean, let's get real here. Uh, Probably not. Uh, She can ride in the intermediate. I think she'll be fine in an intermediate. Um, Old money bags, Kevin, just buying different size gunner kennels for her to grow out of. I mean, come on, bro. (sighs) Gosh. Anyways, get a gunner kennel. DM us if you want one. If you want one for your puppy and then when they get older, you want a bigger one like Kevin, you call me. I'll get you hooked up for all your dog's life stages. Next up, Dogtra. The collars that I've used for like the last 10 years and the two things that I love about them the most are the customer service. I was on the phone the other day with a dude. Their email server was down. No big deal. Every company deals with it. So I call him up. Literally the nicest guy I've ever talked to on the phone. And I'm not blowing smoke. Like, wicked nice. Oh, I'll go into Shannon's office right now. I'll write her a note, sticky note right now. You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dang, man, easy. It's just, a, I just needed to order a collar. It's okay. Like, you don't have to go jump through hoops. No, just nice people. So if, if you need help with your dog drop, they'll help you. But the next thing is the durability and, and the consistency of the units that they provide. So big fan of the Edge RT, big fan of the 1900S, the old Bark Collars. We did a video on Bark Collars on YouTube and, you know, just the ups and downs of different models, not just Dogtras, but like other ones that are on the market and teaching people what to look for when when they're going in to purchase one. So check them out. Thank you for the support. Dogtra Official on Instagram and Dogtra Hunting Ops. They just started that, so tune into that. Next up, Kent Ammunition. Kent Cartridge on Instagrams. These guys uh, just joined the podcast sponsorship crew, and I'm really excited. I've been shooting their upland load at some grow and some woodcocks and some pheasants. And uh, so far, eh, I'm doing okay. (laughs) I think it's mostly me, not the bismuth. Let's get real. It's all right. It's all right. We have to call them and... and yeah, I think the last a little bit. I think, I think the last episode I killed two cocks in two shots with the old over under, and then I missed a woodcock the other day, and haven't had a chance to shoot grouse with it. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, anyways, Kent, check them out on Instagram. Give them a follow. Tell them we sent you. And they do have a really good Instagram. It's they worth, do worth a follow. It's awesome. definitely worth a follow, and their ammunition is definitely worth uh, a pickup at the store this hunting season and shooters will shoot, as they say. 
Next up, Traeger Grills. Smoke them if you got them, baby. Let that, we rolling coal here at Lone D. <laughs> Smoking that meat, dusk till dawn. We love it. So get yourself a Traeger. Tell them we sent you. Next up, Waypoint Outdoor Collective. These guys keep us connected with you. We love what they do, and they got a ton of other folks on their podcast forum. So check them out, Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Now, hunting season. How you doing? Mm. We're here. We're here, man. That's first step. I didn't go out opening day, opening weekend of duck season. Same. Yeah. It felt like... Felt too early. If Well, it felt... No, it's never too early. It felt like Christmas happened and I missed it. That's what it felt like. I don't know. So I, I'm I'm sourpuss, man. I uh, I don't really like the crowds. No. I, I like to duck hunt and not race to a spot. I like to duck hunt and get away from people. I like to have scouted. I mean, I haven't had 10 minutes to myself to go and drive around and try and scout. I mean, Carrie and I moved, you know, to a new section of New York. We're only a half hour north from where Kevin and I grew up, but it's a new zone. So our zone up here opened up uh, two weeks early compared to our normal zone where I have all my spots. So I don't even know where to go. I don't know anyone. You know, the duck boat isn't ready. Like things aren't ready for duck season. I need to get my act together because it's time. Decoys are pretty much ready. Everything's ready. I just got to go and I got to scout. I I don't want to fight the crowd. And I also don't want to just go and drink coffee and hope that a duck flies by. So, you know, number one thing to do is, is scout and know the spot you're going to go to and where the ducks are hanging out and how you're going to play the wind. And so, you know, looking at weather patterns and I, I, I'm in, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to go out on Saturday. So Friday, I'm going to take an hour and just drive around. So now I have gotten out with old Andy girl, our ragged on the edges. You're supposed to say it in Toby Keith voice. Ragged on the edges, girl. Oh, but I like it rough. Toby Keith. <laughs> He's been MIA recently, the past few years. He's been in your what? He's been MIA recently, the past few years. Is he alive? No, he's alive. Of course he's alive. He's damn Toby Keith. Yeah, he's probably 75. He looks good, but he's 75. Could be. Anyways, um, Andy and I, because... You, you know, you need a pair of boots and your gun. I can just pop into the woods and go, go looking. So me and Nikki Hippolito, Huey and Andy, we went out grouse hunting and, and had an awesome time. We had 11 grouse flushes, three woodcock flushes, which they weren't in season, but it was still great to see the dog work and then, you know, fake shoot it, you know, pull up the gun, track it through the woods and just swing on them. Right. So it was really neat. And I ended up killing a grouse. So one for me. I felt good about it. I mean, you just said you hadn't killed a grouse. What? Oh, with the the bismuth. Oh, okay. All right. I'm following. Yeah. I don't think I shot bismuth at that grouse. I don't think we got the, the order in. Yeah. But yeah, got a grouse on the board for Andy Girl. She had a sweet point. Uh, we were walking down the road, going to enter in like this old little apple area, a bunch of apple trees. And so we're walking down the road and she jumps into the bu- the bushes, into the woods and uh, not coming out. Me and Nick and Huey are walking down the road. We we're going to go like 200 yards further down. And I'm like, eh. dog trainer's dog doesn't listen. So I got to go find her. Sure enough, she's on point. I'm like, hey, get in here. Come here, Nick, get in here. <laughs> and freaking three, I think three flushed and I got one of them. 
It was sweet. So what were you shooting? What do you mean? What I was like the gun? Yeah. Uh, the new Frankie 20 gauge. I did a little horse trading on a dog. I like it. I mean, I think I need to put a little shim in it or whatever it's called. It, it fits, but it does, it's just not right. So I need to, I need to tweak that, but you got to do that before you start trying to overcorrect and it starts throwing you off and then you get frustrated and move back to your Satori and then get frustrated with that. Nah, that Satori is my old trusty baby. Uh, I feel like I'm cheating on it. Well, like I really do. I feel like I look at it in the gun, gun safe. I'm like, Oh, it's okay, baby. <laughs> it's okay. I'm so sorry. I'll be back. I'll be back. I won't, I won't let you down. I really love that gun, but the Frankie is new. It's a new toy and, um, it Engage. killed the grouse. Yeah. Well, it works. Yep. And then I went out again, just me and Andy to a spot that's real close to my house and, uh, like a little mini scouting mission. And we had three grouse encounters and one or two woodcock encounters. And I didn't get a shot at any of them. So it's kind of grouse hunting this time of year in central New York. Like the leaves are still on the trees. It's real thick. So she was on point and I moved in and it's like within shooting distance, it flushes, but you get a glimpse of it. You can't even flash. Yeah. It's just a flash of a bird. So very cool though. I mean, the dog, she's on, I got her back in shape. She's rock solid on point. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to walk through the fall woods and just watch her work. She works better alone and with me alone than when me, Nick and Huey are out there. And I would imagine it's competitiveness. So, you know, she's like rushing to find the birds. So she's increasing her range. She's getting out further where I can't see her as often and she might be on point, but I can't see her. So I might need to invest in a little tracking system of some sort. But long story short, when it's just me and her, she stays relatively close enough. And my focus is on just me and her, not where's Nick, where's Huey, where's her, where, or where is she? Is that right. proper English? Who cares? I, I could totally see that though, because that's definitely her personality a little bit to be competitive, to want. Yeah, she's, she's a winner. She takes control of the situation. She's a strong woman. Yeah. Andy. I love that. <laughs> Andy girl. She's awesome. When I growl at her, she really, really likes it. Ah, Andy. And you <laughs> went to, uh, <laughs> if anybody was ever curious about how do- how Bob talks to the dogs. That's it right there. That's his voice. You're getting an intro. Um, And then you went out the other day and put up a few woodcock, right? Yeah. So on Saturday, I had clients here all day. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong. We had a lot of fun, but at like four 30, everybody started leaving. I'm like, all right, Andy, <laughs> me and you are going to walk through the woods at lone DHQ. And, uh, all kidding aside, when we've been airing dogs, you know, riding on the four wheeler in the backfield, we've put up some woodcock. So I know they're here. The, the woods for now. Yeah. Yeah. For now the woods are good woodcock habitat like the ground's moist we've had some rain there's a little creek bed that runs through it and uh, it's nice habitat so i knew that there was an opportunity that we might see one but you never know so i unleashed the beast andy that's like my movie andy intro my movie intro voice andy and i entered the woods in the backfield and we walked down the creek bed where we didn't find a single woodcock until we crested the hill. And how many people do you think have turned it off by now? All of them. <laughs> but <laughs> all of them, except for our Canadian listeners. Shout out. Hey. hey. So Andy and I <laughs> were walking through 
And sure as shit, she goes on point. And I'm like, false point, Andy. When are you going to start trusting her? Now, honestly, now. She hasn't had a false point in her She's first season. That, that son of a gun with false point, a uh, 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 leaf that fell. She'd be like, doof, and wouldn't move. Whoa, it's a butterfly. Yep. No, not anymore, man. I, I do trust her. Oh, so she's great. So I'm walking through and Woodcock gets up and I can't swing on it is what it is. You know, 10 minutes later, another Woodcock point gets up. I can't shoot at it. No big deal. I'm just fired up that we got some cock in the neighborhood. Right in the backyard. Yep. So third bird, beautiful shot. I mean, like open it flies into the opening i get a beautiful crossing shot you know as it's like rising up and crossing in front of me and i'm i can see it's beady little eyes i'm like you are mine and i'm like and i go pull up the gun shoulder it i'm following this bird oh she's mine click click huh not mine. Oh, I break the gun open. I didn't freaking load it. So, moral of the story: load your gun. Yep. First step in uh, hunting. First step in hunter safety: always treat your gun as if it was loaded. Uh, and then second is check and see if it's loaded. <laughs> and I didn't do that. So uh, I uh, proceeded to load the gun, and a little bit longer. I don't know if we repointed a cock or not, but. Either way, we had four woodcock points, and on the fourth one, it was not a great shot, but, you know, I went in, I move in front of her, I try and get a good field of view of, like, where I think it's going to flush to, and uh, sure enough, it doesn't go where I think it's going to go. Classic. And I kind of have to, like, you know how you, like, are facing one way, and then you got to swing, and I'm, like, didn't really swing all the way, but I still shouldered the gun and pulled up and shot. Missed. Shoot or shoot. Hard miss. Yep. Um, and that was it, but dude, it was a 40 minute walk and we had four woodcock points again, were there two woodcocks and we pointed them twice. I don't, or you know what I mean? I don't know, but either way, birds are here. Birds are here. And Andy did a pretty darn good job. Yeah. She did what she needed to do. I need to just load my gun. I would, I mean, I could have definitely missed that one, but I, you a hundred percent miss when you don't load the gun. So learn Facts. from my mistakes, folks. Business does not work. When it's not loaded in a gun. When it's in the box. When it is in your pouch on your side, zero shooting can happen. So it was fun though, man. And uh, tomorrow I got a client and uh, he and I are going to go do a little grouse hunting for the first piece of the morning and then we'll get back here and train. So uh, it's going to be another scouting mission. We're going to go check out somewhere new. Neither he nor I have been to this location and it'll be a good experience. No matter what. Far away or within a reasonable drive? Uh, reasonable drive because I got to get back and work. So true. Um, I think it's a 35 minute drive from here and it's not bad. we'll do a, you know, two hour push and then a 30 minute ride here, be back before lunch and then grind it out the rest of the day. Nice. That's yeah. a pretty good day. Not bad. So another, the other news that Kevin alluded to when he told me I need to buy another gunner kennel. Listen, I'm just saying, if you want man's best kennel and you're going to have this new super awesome lone duck dog. Why not put him in the best kind of kennel you can? No, you're right. I just think she'll fit in an intermediate too. <laughs> All right. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this puppy. I think, so, you know, we've kind of touched on it, guys, with the uh, the old YouTubes. We're, we're really trying to provide more content. You know, the, the podcast has been fantastic outlet 
to, to reach people and teach people about dog training and have our, our friends on and talk about tips and tricks and, and whatnot. But sometimes like the verbal discussion of training can only get you so far when you can't see it and you can't see how I'm moving and you can't see how I talk to the dog with my body language and verbal cues and how the dogs react to those cues. So we're really putting a push on the YouTube. So if you could actually do me a favor, I'm going to give it a little selfish plug here, but if you could, when you are done listening to this, go to our YouTube channel. It's just, I think it's just Lone Duck or Lone Duck Outfitters. Um, just search it and, and give it a subscribe because we're going to have, I think two videos a week are being posted. That's our goal is two a week where one will be very instructional with a dog. And then one will be like an ask lone duck format where we take your Instagram questions and we talk about it. So stay tuned and stay with us on that. That'll be a, a neat project for 2021 where we want to grow and we want to, to help you. Um, we're also, while we're on the subject of asking you to do stuff for us, <laughs> we're also doing a Patreon. And um, this is an avenue that I was timid about. It's uh, it's basically like us asking you to support us, you know, where like me and Kevin have a beer tonight and, you know, your support via Patreon is like buying Kevin and I, and I a beer and you go on there and you subscribe and you help us. And, you know, I think we've got a tier for five bucks a month where it's, it's like, eh, I'll, I'll buy Kevin and Bob a, a bush light tonight. Yeah, we, we, and then there's another tier where we you you'll be basically invited to like a live session with just our patreons and we'll answer your questions live and then there's another tier where you can literally call me and I will help you over the phone so we're rolling it out tonight this is the first discussion of patreon it is something that like I want to if we're providing you content you know we're providing a service if you will of of training tips and and in and, and a fun educational way, you know, we would love it if you could join our Patreon and help support us, help us, you know, pr- get better equipment, better audio, better visual, grow this so that your experience with us providing information and education and entertainment, that's that. So how, Kev, how do they find us on Patreon? I don't even know. Patreon.com slash Lone Duck, P-A-T-R- eon.com okay so patreon.com forward slash lone duck and do me a solid i'm being serious try it help us out it'll be fun you know pick pick whatever you're comfortable with financially to uh to do a little donation to the lone dhq and it's gonna help us do better for you and that's that's why we're doing it like i i want to do more videos i want to have better video quality and content for you guys. So this Patreon is not for us to get rich quick. It is not going to (laughs) happen. No, but it is a a way that like we got a new light system. We've got a new camera. We've got a guy working on our videos. Like this is trying, we're trying. And and this is a project that we're passionate about. And if you're passionate about listening to our podcast and, and being a part of our, our community, you know, hop on patreon.com forward slash lone duck and buy me and Kevin a beer, which will literally go to new gear. So thank you all. Now let's get into some questions. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, buddy.
All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're recording already. This episode is brought to you by Lone Tigre. New t-shirt, $4.99 at Target. Get yourself one. Shout out. Cheers to you. Uh, We've had some great Instagram questions lately that I'd like to dive into. And, you know, we're on a, a podcast as well. So thank you for joining us tonight. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, feel free to write them in. Kevin will jump in and, and answer them. All right. The first question, we get this pretty frequently. Yeah. I, thank you. I can see. <laughs> the first question is hunting dogs versus hunt test dogs versus field trial dogs. And can a dog do it all? And is there an easier way to like start at one and build to the next and build to the next or start at the high level and, and slow them back down? Now, a good hunting dog, in my opinion, has the ability to be independent when independence is needed. So let's say Kevin, always Kevin, shame on him for crippling another duck and it lands in the dingweeds and we can't, we can send him on a blind retrieve to get him into the dingweeds, but once he's in the dingweeds, he needs, or she needs to do her own thing. Okay. So let's say we send them out there and then they need to just hunt. They need to use their nose and they need to be comfortable and confident to just stick it out, use the wind and find their bird. And I think a good hunting dog can mark multiple birds. They can mark extremely long distances. And then actually, funny story, I was talking to Keen Eyes owner, Bryce, Eastern View Outfitters, quick shout out, bro. Hit him up on the Instagrams. His old dog is like nine, maybe 10. Something like that. He's old as dirt and he's crushing it still. Acts like a puppy. man. Yeah. He's picked up thousands upon thousands and thousands of Canada geese, snow geese, ducks, pheasant, you name it. He picks it up for Bryce and Hudson is his name has hunted so many times that he can watch a volley of geese fall and then pick out the cripple that's flying and soaring down and falls 200 and whatever yards away. And instead of going for the easy pickings in the decoys, he will pick out that long bird that's sailing out and go and get that first. To me, that's, that's hunting. That dog learned that Bryce didn't teach it. Nobody taught that dog that he learned that that's the bird to go for because it could get away or that maybe Bryce had asked him to go and get that one over and over again because, you know, leave that one alone, cast them off those, cast them back, cast them back. And, and basically like a poison bird where now he doesn't need to be told. He just automatically keeps kind of an eye out for that situation, pins it and goes and gets it. And then he'll come and play cleanup. Kenai doesn't do that. This is Kenai's second season, master hunter, bad to the bone. Uh, I'm super proud of her little self pat on the back there, but I'm super proud of her, but she's never done that. Now she can mark a 250 yard bird with no problem, but when six are dumped in the decoys in her face and one sails off, I get it that she's going to go pick up those birds that are flippity flopping in the decoys and not really fixate on that long bird that comes with experience and actual hunting, hunting experience. We can't train for. It's, it's so near impossible. We put them in situations to train like we hunt, but at the end of the day, a hunt is still going to develop a dog differently. So I think a good hunting dog has the ability to 
adapt and overcome, learn on the fly, have perseverance, and all these great things. A hunt test dog. Now here's now hold on. Now here's where a hunting dog will get you a little bit in trouble. A hunting dog that is uber independent. I don't think I've ever said uber before. I'm never gonna say that again. My bad, everybody. Extremely independent. Uh and and runs a blind with his nose on the ground and doesn't want to act like a team player because he knows better. He's found all these birds on his own. Why does he need you? That's imbalanced. So the dog needs to maintain some balance where they can have that switch where they know that you're training and they know that you're at a test and they'll they'll listen and, and look to you and you'll be their guide on a blind, but then, you know, go mark the birds like they're supposed to and on another dog and whatnot. So I do think a good hunting dog and hunt test dog has the ability to flip the switch and learn. Now, field trial dog, these dogs run 400 yard marks. They run, you know, what are called retired guns, which nah, we haven't talked, maybe haven't talked about that, but that's where like you got a guy in a white coat that's 250 yards away. He throws a bird. That's mark number one, mark number two is, uh, you know, 175 yards. And the third mark is a hundred, go get that hundred. And all of a sudden mark number one, that was at 250 yards disappears. The guy in the white coat disappears. That's a retired gun. I don't know where I was going with this, but basically long story short, there's things that they need to learn in a field trial that you're not going to see in a hunt. They're, they're being trained to go further and longer and harder and concepts and technical water and be extremely well-trained to not think and just do that taking them into a duck blind and shooting ducks in their face can be hard. Now, granted, I know field champions that hunt. I know amateur field champions that hunt. I know national field champions that hunt. It's it's completely possible to have all three dogs. It can be done. Uh, look at Kenai and May's uh, father, Juice. Juice is a grand hunting retriever champion, hunting dog, and a field champion. That dog can do it all. I'm just saying that there are definitely certain dogs that play the field trial game that would have a harder time sitting still in a blind doing nothing for two hours, and then you shoot them a duck and they don't break. Or what do you want to call it? Uh, I don't know. It's just in their face or having the independence to go in the dingweeds and dig it out and not look to you for guidance. Um, so I think there's a, a, a good balancing act between a hunting dog, a hunt test dog and a field trial dog. Now to dive in a little bit further, some of the things that you focus on when you are training a field trial dog, which I'm not a field trial trainer, don't claim to be, but you're using white coats and the dogs get used to looking out long and picking out these white objects out at the distance and locking in on them and running to the correct side of the gun and and really trying to pin marks, not hunt for marks. They'll hunt and they'll gut hunt a mark and they'll they'll do whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, the dog that pins the marks the best and runs the best blinds, they are winning the trial. A hunt test is pass fail and the marks are shorter. Um, there's still concepts and technicalities and, and all good stuff to it, but it's still a hunt test. 
Now, let, you, you could dive in even deeper and talk about NARA and HRC where they got to work off a of dog stance and you got to handle a gun and shuck shells and blow duck calls. That def, They definitely try and add as much realism to the hunt test as a real hunt. But at the end of the day, you know, that's still not a group of teal going 90 miles an hour across your spread and you roll three of them and the dog marks all three. Like that's a hunting dog. You know, a hunt test isn't going to have three birds scream out of a winger and splash in your decoys. It just doesn't happen. Um, maybe at a super retriever series, I guess they would probably do something crazy like that. Uh, but long story short, that's kind of the difference. Field trial dogs are looking out for white coats. They're looking long, they're running long, and they're looking to you for guidance. Hunt test dogs, they are closer to a hunt, plain hunting dog and still looking to you for guidance on blinds and being not robotic, but, but very in tune to what you're doing and very under control. A hunting dog needs to have that good balance of control and independence to go out there and dig out a duck without needing your help. Um, so that would be, that would be my thought. All right, Kev, you got some questions? You're, you're thumbing the phone over here. Just trying to have a good time. Uh, we had a good question come through from Mr. Respo. Uh, said that he's got his dog, uh, bottom canine tooth needs to be pulled. Do you think the dog's going to have trouble carrying birds? No. Um, sorry to hear about that dental bill. Um, but no, I don't think so. I'm sure for the first week or two, dog's mouth might be sore. But uh, <laughs> I had a Boykin Spaniel named Scout that had half of its mouth teeth get taken out due to uh, a, an antler. He was chewing an antler and it cracked a tooth and it got infected and they had to take a bunch of teeth out. He's never had a problem. And then old Clarky, an ember puppy, he lost a, a canine tooth and who knows when or how, but that son of a gun holds a duck just fine too. So you're not going to have any problems, pal. Shady Acres Retrievers just joined. What's up, Western? Western Buddy. Chester is uh, preparing for the HRC Grand right now. Really? He's got seven dogs going. Mm-hmm. We were doing some Marco Polo earlier today. Him and Oliver Berman, and they're riding together from the south heading up to Paducah, Kentucky. So if you're in the Paducah, Kentucky area and want to go check out the HRC Grand, you better get on it and go watch. But uh, Western's got seven dogs that he's, he's taken and going to Give it hell, man. Good luck, buddy. We believe in you. Well, we'll have to do a follow-up and see how, how it goes. Great idea, Kevin. Unless it's terrible, then that's a little embarrassing. No, nah, we don't. No, it'll be awesome. It'll man. be good. He'll Looking be great. to it. Uh, and actually, we had, it's funny that he just jumped on. We had a guy, uh, didn't say his name, but his Instagram handle is DK Kennels, said that he actually met you at Wes's place. Nice. Uh, and was wondering uh, if you had any recommendations for new trainers Maybe not even a full-on trainer, but somebody who wants to get more into the profession. Is there any advice you give to them, or do you know anybody that they could maybe work for, mentor, anything like that? Okay. Um, Several part question, but you got any advice for anybody who wants to get a little bit of uh, their hands dirty and some dog poop? Yeah. Um, the the best advice, and I've given it before, is y- you should go and work for somebody. You should be have mentors you should take the time and go and train with different people see the things you like see the things you don't like learn drills watch dogs make mistakes and how they handle it um and and if you can work for someone 
and you work up through the ranks of being a, a poop picker upper and a bird boy or gal, and you can work your way up to having a little string of dogs and they'll let you do the obedience and they'll let you do the force fetch and they'll let you do all these different dogs with different personalities. That's how you're going to learn. And, and and then having someone who will sit there and watch you and teach you, all right, try this, try this. I had the dog do this before, try this. Wes was the one who showed me toe hitch and, and his method of toe hitch and that changed my game. I, I really had a bad taste in my mouth from watching someone else do toe hitch and I didn't want to do it watched Wes do it. I'm like, this looks easy. This looks like it's a no brainer and have been doing it since and having great uh, results from it. So learn from people, work with people, have people that you can trust, uh, give guidance and get your hands on as many dogs as possible. You know, there's definitely been a lot of guys and gals out there that have made a name for themselves by training their buddies dogs first, you know, don't charge them. You, You aren't worth it. You are doing them a favor and you're getting that young dog through obedience and collar conditioning and force fetch. And, you know, that's experience. Every dog you put your hands on is going to teach you something and make you better. That's my advice. Real quick, though, we had uh, Cole ask a good question about Patreon. Uh, we had a few people on our Instagram live asking about that. So thank you. Um, and he mentioned thank you. the tiers that we have. Uh, but we actually just went through that on our podcast, Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. So this is going to be aired live uh, probably tomorrow. And so you'll you'll be able to hear that spiel and a little bit more of an explanation. But if anyone has questions, feel free to shoot us a message. Yeah. Happy to chat. Uh, yeah. Anything it, we can. So. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, again, this is a, it's a weird realm that we're not sure. Like we're just, it's new to us. So it's going to help us get new gear. It's going to help us improve our content for you to enjoy, learn, entertain, all that jazz. And it's like, you buying me and Kevin a bush light at the end of the day and uh, a little thank you to, you know, the hard work that we're putting in and trying to make it better. So patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck. Check it out. Lone thank Duck you. Outfitters. I was wrong. Um, Lone Duck Outfitters. Oh, someone said that they were in the same heat as Wes this past weekend. He was a nice guy. Look at that, Wes. Super nice guy. One of the uh, best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we had another good question come through. Um, somebody was asking... They have an eight-month-old dog right now, and they're kind of getting to that stage within their training where they want to do force fetch. But we're at hunting season. Should they continue and do force fetch during hunting season or wait until after hunting season, what do you think? Ooh, that's a really good one. I know. That's why we're bringing it on up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Eight-month-old puppy. Man, it's a young dog. Um. Well, we can start here. At what age, when people send you a dog, at what age do you usually? Now, uh, let me answer it because I, I got some thoughts. I want, let me, let me track this. Okay. So normally we start force fetch between six and eight months, right? Depends on when they get here. I mean, I'm force fetching a three-year-old right now, so no biggie. But an eight-month-old going into duck season is a very young dog. It's not wrong to hunt them, but I want you to be weary of gunfire of decoys, of mojos, of a bunch of guns in the blind, of breaking and make sure, you know, we I guess we'd probably beat this dead horse of making sure your dog is prepared as best you can before they hunt so that nothing is going to be new to them. Nothing is going to phase them. You've, you've done your homework and I just feel like a lot of eight month old dogs are, are young. And, and I mean, I, I did this. Buck was seven and a half months old when I hunted him, his first hunt. 
And so his first season, he was under a year old and he turned out just fine. But I can promise you that I had shot around him. He was steady. He had had live birds before he had been in a, I mean, he had everything already done because I poured my heart and soul into him, which I'm sure you did too, bud. So I would say just make sure that nothing's really going to surprise them and that you're not going with your gun. You're leaving it behind and you're just going to work the dog and you're going to take a buddy or two who can kill birds in the decoys and you're going to do your best to make it a good teaching experience, a good hunting experience and have fun. You know, don't go crazy. So what I answer his question though is if it were me, I would probably force fetch him and just wait but what I did with Buck is I hunted him his first year and just knew that he was going to drop the birds at, at the bank. And that once duck season was over, let's say January 1st, it was my winter project. So we weren't throwing marks in the snow. We weren't doing anything. We just did force fetch. And that was my winter project. And so in the springtime, I could roll out with a force fetch dog that had some hunts under his belt and he was fine. So that would pretty much be my advice is if you are bound and determined and you know that you in your heart of hearts did everything to make that dog ready to hunt, go ahead and take him, be careful, have fun, and don't worry about him making mistakes because he's going to. And worry about, I would probably just worry about forest fetch after hunting season. Just let it rip. I mean, you're going to have problems. You know, he's going to go grab a crippled duck and drop it and leave it. And you're going to have to go and get it yourself. And you're going to knock down a goose and they might not grab like there's going to be problems because there's holes in your training and he's eight months old. But as long as you go into it, knowing that and you keep it fun, I guess shoot or shoot, I guess <laughs> let her hit baby. Uh, someone chimed in with a good question. Cam Christensen here. Uh, what is the best dog you've ever personally hunted over? Not necessarily a field trial dog, or a hunting dog or anything specific, but like what is, and then why, like what was the best damn dog you ever hunted over? Hmm. Man, that's a really good question. We did talk about Andy quite a bit earlier in the, in the podcast. Andy's pretty freaking good. If we're talking grouse and woodcock dogs, I would say Andy and Izzy are the two. Oh, Izzy's real good. Forgot about Izzy. Yeah. Izzy's a German short haired pointer that my buddy Matt trained and owns. And, uh, I put her utility title on her, but, um, he did all the work. I just took her to the, you know, trained her for the summer and took her to the test, but she was, you know, she was a damn nice dog to hunt over. As far as a duck dog, I'm going to have to say buck because buck could run blinds. Buck could pick up multiple marks. Buck was the true blue hunting dog. Like he would go in there and dig it out. He wouldn't give up. He would, you know, handle real nicely when he needed to, but had independence because he had done it enough. He had picked up enough birds. We had trained a little bit more that style. Um, he was just blue collar. Yeah, he had he, a blue collar, gritty attitude. Yeah, I would say probably Buck. Um, Memphis is a really good hunting dog as well, but she looks to me more, which is from years and years of running blinds where I'm, you know, She's under my thumb, if you will. And so there have been times where she didn't get into the dingweeds and dig them out because she hadn't, I never taught her the hunt it up command straight up. Why would I need her to hunt it up? I need her to stop, cast, go where I tell her. And I had that mentality and it hurt her on some hunts. Other hunts, she'd freaking dig it out and be fine. But there were definitely times where she, she didn't find the bird that I think Buck would have found. For other people's dogs... Oh, 
I don't know. I guess I haven't hunted over a ton of other people's dogs because I always bring my own. Can you think of anybody? I mean, I've hunted over Bowie. Bowie's a cleanup king. Like Sam, uh, we bred Bowie and Sam and and I've trained Bowie for a while and he's a senior hunter. But, you know, his negative is he breaks. They they don't care. So he just, as soon as he sees a duck fall, he's gone. He, he'll, he'll stay steady till he sees the duck fall and then it's just clean up, you know, or sometimes he'll break when the shots go off. So, but he doesn't miss a duck. Like if it's diving on him, he stays out there and dives with it and sticks with it and grits it out. So Bowie's a real good, you know, duck dog and meat dog. Um, we hunted with Matt Peel's dog. He had a nice dog. His dog did a good job. Boomer. Yeah. I mean, he was young. I mean, I bet he's better now. Yeah. He was like Memph though. Like he didn't, he hadn't had the experiences yet. And, and Memph, like, let's be honest guys, we don't kill, you know, I bet you Bryce's dog Hudson that we talked about earlier, that sucker picked up 9,000 birds in his life or something crazy. You know, Memph's picked up a couple hundred. That's a massive difference. She's picked up several, she's probably picked up 9,000 marks and blinds and training. And so that's what she's really, really good at. But in a hunt, she hasn't done that. Like, just is what it is. We don't travel the country chasing She's the migration. A guide dog, <laughs> yeah. Like Hudson, that's his job, right? But I, I know for a fact that sucker breaks too. Like there are things that I, everybody's no dog is perfect. Let's put it that way. But I'm gonna go buck number one, Memph probably number two, and yeah, I don't know. I, I'll have to think about that. It's a great question. We had someone chime in with. Uh, what is now going to be the name of our podcast episode tomorrow. So I'm not going to tell you, you just wait till that comes out. What are your thoughts on kind of the breakdown? And we're kind of getting to the end here, but our, our thoughts on a breakdown of how much training is kind of like a, a mental psychological game for both you and the dog. Like how much are you thinking? Like how do dogs learn? How does their brain understand different things? All the time. Can you expand on all the time? <laughs> I guess I don't understand the question. Like I'm thinking all the time, every minute of the day, why a dog is fading to the left, why the dog, it, uh, they can't dig that mark out. Why is this dog acting skittish? I haven't done anything. Why is this dog overly confident? Why is this? Do- I'm always analyzing body language. I'm always analyzing their learning curve and how quickly they're picking things up and how, okay, I think this dog is falling behind. I need to pick the pace up. It needs another session a day, or this dog has had too many sessions this week. It needs a day off and it needs to sit in a box and think about things and, and come out and just run with a four wheeler and not have that pressure of looking out over cheating singles. Uh, I'm constantly thinking I'm as soon as I, you know, or, you know, wave my hand for Jimmy to throw a bird, I'm watching the dog, reading the dog, thinking about what they're doing, sending the dog, thinking about what line they're taking, why they're taking that line. I'm thinking about, it's a very uh, mentally, as much as people think like, oh, we just go out and play with dogs all day. No, we're, I'm, I'm thinking all the time. Every dog, every dog is different. Every throw is different. Jimmy might've thrown a bird too far one time, too short the next time. And that completely changes the look of the mark. And he parked the four-wheeler in the exact same location. But one good throw versus a bad throw can completely change the line and mess a dog up. So in that split second, that quarter second between, you know, me noticing where the bird fell, me noticing the dog, me noticing the line to the bird, Jimmy, go pick it up. It's too cheaty. Like 
it's not fair if they cheat because it, it blah, blah, blah. Like that happened today. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good bird. Go pick it up. But in that split second, I had a decision to make. So I'm constantly analyzing each dog, each situation, each throw, each blind, each whistle, what they did after the whistle. Why did it after the whistle? Did they not hear me? Did they not understand me? Did I not give enough cast? You know, is the sun behind me? Could they not like constant? Did that answer his question or did yeah. I just have a rant? Uh, both. Nice. Sweet. Uh, anything else? Nobody no, else chimed in. All right. Big shout out to Western Chester and all the HRC grand dogs going out there. Oh man, you guys are going to have a hell of a week. Um, do me a solid, everybody. Click subscribe, five-star review, go to YouTube, check out our Patreon and consider hooking up uh, a beer for me and Kevin. That would mean a lot to us. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lundux Gundog Chronicles. Thank you. Hey, do me a solid. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our Instagram, if we've helped you at all, join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. If you do it before September of 2023, you're going to enter to win a hunt with me and Kevin and a bunch of other Patreon members down in Missouri. We're going to smack some ducks, have some fun, do a seminar with our dogs and have a great time. But jump into patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Links in the description and join the community that helps me help you help your dog. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Oh,